What's up and welcome into another episode of Locked on Bulls. I'm Matt. That's Big Dave. Up ahead on today's program, we have to react to the recent interview from former Bulls executive VP and three-time champ John Paxson, who joined our guys Mark Shinowski and Stacey King on their Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast a few days ago. And on the back half of the show, we're going to be ranking where do the Bulls starting five fit in the best starting fives of the Eastern Conference. That's all ahead on a fresh Locked Off Bulls. Let's go. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. Happy Labor Day, Bulls Nation, and welcome into Locked On Bulls. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Bulls, uh, at Bulls underscore Peck on Twitter. You can follow my co-host Big Dave at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. You can follow us at Locked On Bulls. Shoot us a text or leave us a voicemail at 331-979-1369, or you can also email us, LockedOutBulls at gmail.com. Big Dave, how was your Labor Day weekend? As you can see, I'm rocking a tank. I'm still yeah. up at the lake living life. Yeah. How are yeah. you, my friend? I am I am beautiful. I don't think I'm more beautiful than how you feel because you wear it on your face and your body. All of your emotions, Matt, you wear it on yourself. So when I see you like this, it just makes me feel even better, man. And I just feel very happy that you're happy, sir. I really am. Well, I'm glad that we enjoyed that briefly because I'm about to get really <laughs> mad for a dumb reason. And that is, I listened to an interview with former Bulls VP of Basketball Ops, John Paxson, oh, who joined our guys, oh, Shinowski and Stacy King. Shout out. And um, a few different things that I want to touch on, Big Dave. And, and I'm very curious to get your thoughts as well. I think a lot of Bulls fans were very... Uh, very curious to see what Pax had to say because basically this is the first time he's spoken publicly yeah, since yeah. making this big front office overhaul uh, and, and giving up his seat at the head of the yeah. table. So mm -hmm. clearly he, he has a lot of optimism about where this organization is headed. But let's start here, Big Dave, because a lot of Bulls fans are focusing on this one quote in particular. Okay. In the, la in the last three to four years, I realized, and I relayed this information to Jerry and Michael, we had become stale, and I knew that. The fact that we made the decision to look outside the organization, one of the one of Jerry's great qualities, and Michael the same way, they're loyal. They just are, and it's a wonderful thing, and we're very lucky we have ownership like that. But I always felt like it was my responsibility to be honest in terms of where I thought we were. I just felt at times there was a comfortability in how we were doing things, and maybe we were not looking at other ways to approach this thing. So the last year and a half since we made the changes, it's been new life in the organization, and it was needed, mm -hmm. end quote, John Paxson. Mm -hmm. Big Dave, what are your thoughts when you hear that? Yeah, uh, I want to I start this by saying I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking because I'm here for other reasons everybody else is here, and that's to watch Matthew Pett lose his damn mind. Um, it's, it's definitely some revisionist history <laughs> on, on, on Paxson's part, um, changing a few things right there. Uh, Saying, saying, but not doing, you know what I'm saying? Like if you, I, I get you. We, we, it feels like we were all saying these things and, but y'all were telling them, no, it's cool. Everything's great. You know, when you're talking about, you're wrong, you know, uh, 
doing little petty kind of things, you know, behind the scenes and stuff like that. And it took basically the All-Star game uh, to put it on the national level of the ineptitude that was going on here in Chicago for the changes to truly honestly be made. Uh, But man, yeah, that's... (laughs) I'm going to be a little nicer about it because I'm going to save all that for Peck. Um, But yeah, it it was definitely some revisionist history from John Paxson who... Who I definitely got love for. I, I don't. I don't dislike Pax as much as I dislike Gar Foreman. I'll say that. But you can't get on there and you know change history a little bit. You know what I mean? He, he, he changed some things. You know what I mean? Like he's tried to slide it in there. Like he was saying little other stuff that I'm sure you'll get into, Matt. That I that I had an issue with, um, as far as you know, people being angry and things like that. But as far as this is concerned, that that quote right there. Definitely some uh, revisionist history on that one, Matt. But like I said, I'm I'm gonna get off this mic because I just want to sit back and I'm and I'm gonna enjoy the show. Please, the, the floor is yours. I I just want to watch this. I mean, my first thought was the last three to four years things have gotten stale. Three to four? How about like seven to eight? The last seven to eight years had gotten stale, and. The follow-up part of this conversation to Paxson mentions how excited he is that AK and Eversley are so aggressive, and he loves how yeah. aggressive yeah. they are. Hey, John, what was stopping you from being aggressive? Laziness or incompetence? Or is it both? Because those are the only answers. The only thing that was stopping you from being aggressive was laziness and or incompetence. He watches a new run office come in and make all these moves, and he's like, Wow! Wow, look at him go. Dude, you were sitting at the head of the table for almost 20 years. What did you do? What did you do? Nothing. And he said he they were trying to rebuild through the draft and and they were, you know, they, they couldn't get it done. And that's what made him make this realization that they were stale and okay, maybe it's finally a you know time for a change. It's not just the last three or four years. You want to look at the Bulls draft history since they took Jimmy Butler in 2011? Because I'll tell you real quick. Here we go. Marquise Teague, Tony Snell, and Eric Murphy. Then Doug McDermott, where you traded up to get him, missing out on Nurkic and Gary Harris. Bobby Portis, good player, didn't make it work out here. Denzel Valentine and Paul Zipser, gone, (laughs) worthless. Lowry Markkinen, gone, didn't work out. Wendell Carter and Chandler Hutchinson, both gone. The Spurs just paid Hutch $4 million to go away. Kobe White, still here. That's it. That's the list. (laughs) And the one thing that the defenders of Gar and Pax have said over the years of people saying, they got to go, they got to go, but they draft well, but they draft well, but they draft well. Not in a decade. Not in the past decade, they haven't. Unbelievable. The fact that Paxson phrases this, like he's trying to take credit for making this amazing realization. Oh, I've had an epiphany. I suck at my job. How smart am I to figure out that I suck at my job? I guess I should finally step down. Unbelievable. Oh, my God, that was worth it. Um, let me inject uh, something Matt doesn't want to inject here, and that's something positive. Um, here's what I did like about the interview. And and it's what I've always liked about Pax is when he talked about the playing days of, of the first three championships. I like the behind-the-scenes stuff. I enjoyed it, Matt. I did. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, I love the story that 
when Phil Jackson called him <laughs> and basically told him, I don't think you can play, I don't think you can play defense. I think you're trash. <laughs> you know, he basically challenged him. And John Paxson took that personally, as Michael Jordan so famously has said. Um, I love the fact that he was like, listen, I was just trying to stay in the league. I, I was just trying to fight and scrap. Uh, I love the fact they talked about um, Marchinowski hinted towards, you know, you might be seen. Some people might see you as just a calm dude, but, you know, you really are a bulldog kind of guy. And you got who yells that we kind of saw that, you know, later on with Scott Skiles. We saw that come out and Vin- and Vinny Del Negro, for goodness sakes. We saw that come out later and that fire that came out of him. Um, so I like that aspect of it, hearing John Paxson kind of talk about that and wax poetically about those championship years and what that kind of meant and those behind the scenes stories. Um, what I didn't like is basically what Pat said. Um, there was you he did some really good things. I mean, I had a lot of love for Paxson, the baby bulls that he that he had. Um sure. I love I love the fact that he talked about the Antonio Davis trade because that that's kind of what I talk about when I talk about how I want a goon for this team. How he went out and got Antonio Davis and got a goon and kind of changed the culture of how teams come in and can't really push us around kind of thing. I like that aspect. I even like that little part, Matt, that he said about AK is kind of got some goon in him and he likes, you know, going and pushing people around. I like that kind of stuff uh, that he was saying there. But man, when he started, <laughs> he started talking about, you know, guys are just angry and, and like, oh. I get it. And you're right. They're angry and they're mad. But to absolve yourself from that situation and to act like people are just angry for no reason, like there is like there isn't plenty of ammunition behind it as to right. why they were mad at what was going on with the organization. Um, when you can when you continually are, you know, lied to and, and told, you know, have truths and, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of do behind the scenes kind of things. Fans see that media people see that and they're like, these guys are lying to us. So that's the that's what I took. Uh, issue with i also took issue with the joe kim noah story i didn't like that either when they when he was like yeah well what when you jerry told jerry we want to draft this guy hair talking like, about his hair i was like see this is why we didn't win like stuff like that is what gets on my nerves this is the nba you know who i accept that from the new york yankees because they have 27 championships i accept yeah. that from the new york yankees the bulls who are just rebuilding and trying to get back to something you're like we gotta do something about his hair they actually had a right. conversation with him about his hair. I right. was like, man, dude, we, the team with Dennis Rodman? This is what we're talking about? So, right. yeah, I, that, I took an issue with that also. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I, you can't say people are just angry and mean and spewing out stuff because they want to spew out stuff. You gave them plenty of ammunition, you know, as right. to why they felt that way. And now, right. once again, I will step away and let Matthew Peck do it. And, and, you know, Jerry's like, well, we got to keep his hair clean. But, we, but 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 he can't have a headband to keep his hair out of his eye. That's not that's not a lot. <laughs> right. But no headband. That's a okay. great point. That's a great okay. point. <laughs> okay, Grandpa Jerry. Um, look, uh, I, I'm glad that you brought up the stuff about John complaining about the coverage of the team and what people said over the course of their tenure, because I have some thoughts on that as well, as you might have imagined. I'm Before sure. we do that, though, want to take a quick break to tell you all that today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. NFL season kicks off in just a few days. The first game's on Thursday, Bucks Cowboys. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Honestly, it's really that surprising. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. They make algorithms about this stuff. So you don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts a player in control and winning within reach. 
Here's how mm. it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you mm. versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes and winner takes all. You mm. have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No other sports betting sites do that. You're wow. in control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. So here's what you do. Go to stathero.com slash locked on and sign up for free right now. You can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Wow. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Again, that's stathero.com slash locked on and play some bets for the first week of the NFL season, baby. Let's go. It's about that time. And when it gets close to that time, guys, you guys, you you get a little tense. You know, you get a little sweaty. You start dripping a little bit. But now you don't have to worry about that. Why? Because the sweat block is here. It is here for you. This will stop it all. You want to know why Matt is comfortable wearing the tank today? Bow right there. Sweat block in your face. Doctor created. Doctor recommended. It works up to seven days per use. I'm talking about when I put it on a few days ago. Trust me. I've been dry as a bone for a few days now, man. It's been awesome. They have the dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back and you can take that money that you get back and then go ahead to stat hero and use it. But guess what? You won't have to because it works, but they give you a guarantee, which is truly, truly awesome. It is a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, guys. Over 13,000 positive reviews and it's manufactured right here in the good old US of A. You can wear what you want to wear, man. Like Matt's got the tank top on. It's your little secret to confidence. And when you go out of town, when you're going on a trip, or you're heading up to Peck Manor, you go ahead and you put that in your toiletry bag, baby. You slide that in there, and it'll be your little secret. People want to know why you're so dry and so cool, because you got on the sweat block. So I know what you're saying. You want to know how I get this. This is what you do. You head to sweatblock.com. And guess what? Just for going there, use that promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off at sweatblock.com and use that promo code locked on or you can go to amazon or you can go to cvs so there's no reason to not be dry go ahead and be cool and be dry sweat block stay dry all right carrying on with our conversation about john paxson's conversation mm-hmm. with our guys mark and stacy you had brought up big dave some of john's complaints about the way the team had been covered and the amount of negativity that was out there what mm-hmm. i thought was interesting is the the way he phrased it, the way he kind of shaped it to say, nowadays, there are all these platforms out there for people to say whatever they want about the team. And I think what the subtext there was, was people on Twitter and people with blogs and people with, hello, podcasts that cover this team on a daily basis. Yeah, The content is out there because this fan base is rabid and demands it. And that's why you and I are here. That is why you and I are here. We are a voice for the fans. He also talked about how I don't like listening to talk radio anymore. I used to once in a while, but now I haven't listened to four or five years because it's so negative. It's so negative. Guess what? Sports talk radio is supposed to be a voice for the fans. And for the last five years of your job, people were calling into Chicago sports talk radio to say, hey, these guys suck and should probably leave now. The last few times John Paxson actually went on and gave his time to a talk radio show or a pie or whatever else. 
he was very, very defensive and very guarded. That one in particular he did with our guys at the score. Shout out, I believe it was Danny Parkins in the afternoon. Yeah. And John yeah. Paxson said, I feel like these interviews are starting to feel like interrogations. And it was like, wow, here's somebody with some pretty thin skin. Because everybody's calling you out for, for being washed up and you're not doing your job anymore as well as you should. And the stuff about now there are so many platforms where people can say whatever they want. Yeah, guess what, John? It's the new world of social media. And this is how sports fans digest their content. And we're here. Now, a few times over our Bulls Outsiders years, we were lucky enough to get into the media media room before, during, and after Bulls games. But that was not a commonality. And back when John took this job in 2003, the Bulls were still a very strict, very stingy organization, still are, when it comes to who they grant media access to and credentials Mm -hmm. to. So instead of John having four or five beat writers in his locker room and in their media room, and only maybe one of them being brave enough to call them out for being bad at their jobs in the public and in the media. Now he's like, oh my God, I'm getting arrows from every direction because there's podcasts and blogs and radio and everybody hates me. Well, duh. I'm sorry. But if you can't stand the heat, then get out of the bleeping kitchen. And don't take four or five years to make up your mind that you can't stand the heat and you're not a good chef. And then try to take credit for leaving after complaining that people were too mean to you while you were failing to make something happen in that kitchen. Man, get out of here with that bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, as much as it pains me to agree with Matt, yes. (laughs) I have to to agree with Matt. Like, this is the truth I'm not wrong, Walter. I'm just an asshole. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's, It's... I just don't like the accepting of what you kind of did, you know, and what you laid out there and what you messed up and why people like, I took it as very dismissive of podcasters, of bloggers, of people like that. I took it as very dismissive to say, and it, and it felt like to me, and maybe he didn't mean it this way, but it just felt like he was saying, y'all don't know what you're talking about. You mm-hmm. just regular old fans who, you know, come here, gone tomorrow, you, you know what I mean? Like, you just show up in the first quarter, leave in the third, and just, you just want to write something negative about us. You don't know what you like. You don't know what you're looking at. You don't know what you're watching. It's pretty insulting, like, isn't it? it? It was. I was like, yeah, I can, I can find that to be insulting, man, because we've been at this podcast game. I know myself. I've been at this podcast game over 10 years, bro. Like, Matt's been doing his thing for a very long time. Like, I know a lot of podcasters and bloggers and writers who have been at this who are, who are not who don't have those names like that. But who have been at this for a very long time and who who seek credibility, who seek respect, who are not out here just for fame and to be a talking head so they could be on television just saying something negative about this team. No, they really look at what they're seeing and they're looking at the product and they're getting the same information that everybody else is getting. And then they are giving their views and opinions on it intelligently, logically. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say like there are some sites that I think are just way ridiculously negative for no reason at all. Like, just look for the negative of it. Like, period. This is what I'm going to be mad. But to act like they didn't have a reason, it just came out of nowhere. Like, it didn't make any sense. Why are you mad? Why are you upset? Get out of here. You shouldn't be angry at this. When you make these silly bonehead draft picks, you know, when you make these ridiculous decisions and, you know, just the, the handling of things. And it just... That's the stuff I took offense to. 
because like I said, we've been at this for a while, bro. And I, and you know me, man, I don't get on here just yelling nobody for no reason. It's always a reason. You know what I'm saying? And it has to be a very good reason. Are you accusing me, me and getting on here and yelling for no reason? Again, this has nothing to do with you. <laughs> and no, no, I would never accuse you of getting on here yelling for no reason. But Matt gets on here and yells. It's definitely a reason. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely a reason, okay? But no, for myself, like, it takes a lot for that to come up out of me, to be upset and angry. I mean, we saw the bonehead coach <laughs> that was up in here the last time. You know, we saw it. He stood by it and, and acted like he knew what he was doing. Well, clearly, he, you no idea what he was doing because you thought the team just needed some toughness and stuff like that. The team needed some coaching. <laughs> like, the guys needed some coaching, man. And the, the virus that he ended up being, you know, for this team, I thought was the final straw. And honestly, mm-hmm. I'm to, to wrap this up for myself, I'm, I'm very glad that all of that happened because I don't think we'd be where we are now without what happened then. I, I got love for Pax. I will always have love for Pax. I will because I like Pax, man. I know I, He's been with this organization for I don't know how long since mm-hmm. I got it, since he came into the NBA kind of. You know, I think he played with another team or two, but basically since he's been in the league, man, that dude has seen him come. He's seen him go. He's seen greatness. He's drafted greatness. But the mistakes you cannot absolve yourself from because you just right. want them absolved. You have to honor that. You have to accept that too. Uh, I'll, I'll end on this. He he stated repeatedly, John Paxson did, that he was happy for Bulls fans with these aggressive and exciting changes that we've seen in this offseason. Yeah. He kept saying, I'm, I'm so happy for our fan base. I'm sorry, but you don't get to be happy for us. You don't, you don't, you don't get that, John. You're not allowed to be a part of this happy party because this happy party is only happening because you finally left. Mm -hmm. And either you were living with your head in the sand or you knew. And I think the answer is you knew that this fan base thought that you were not doing your job as well as you should be. And you should have been gone a long time ago. I'm 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 not completely anti 110% hate John forever. Like you said uh, Big Dave. Three championships that this team maybe doesn't win without John as a player. One for and sure. He didn't screw up the Derrick Rose pick, good for you. Jokey mm-hmm. Noah, Taj Gibson, Jimmy Butler, good picks. The Baby Bulls where he flipped the roster, you got Lou Wall, yeah. you got Ben Gordon, you got Kirk Heinrich after mm-hmm. the devastating Jay Williams career any injury. That was a good flip. Okay? There, there, in a neat little package, are your accomplishments. In 18 years on the job. 18 years. So, no, you do not get to be happy for us that we are finally happy. Because for the better part of the last decade, you were the root cause of our misery. So do not shove any of that crap into this, oh, oh, let's all just be happy about where we are now. No. No, you are not invited to this party, John. Enjoy the paycheck for doing nothing. Get out. I don't want to hear from you again for another year at least. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) One more thing I want to say. I'm so happy for our fans. (laughs) One thing I do want to say. I, I saw him deal with something I'd never seen the GM deal with. And that's two devastating injuries to both your franchise players. I had never seen that before. He had two of them, Jay Williams and Derrick Rose, and both of them point guards. I mean, both of them, two devastating injuries that changed your entire franchise twice. That's 
that's hard to do. That's tough. Did I just want to say that. Did John Paxson fail to hire the right people that could tell Derrick Rose how to pop properly take care of his body? Is is a part of the Derrick Rose injury that bankrupted this franchise's basketball success partly on John Paxson? Because yeah, the mm. answer is you bet it is. <laughs> oh. Next, <laughs> next, ball didn't go in the hoop, Dave. Ball didn't go in the hoop. All right, this we, is everything I wanted. <laughs> we we are going to get to our conversation about ranking this uh, the top starting fives in the oh, Eastern Conference. Man. Before we do that, Big Dave, we got to give the people what they want. Uh, and what they want is some ad reads. Why? I don't know, but I'm going to give it to them. RockAuto.com. Y'all know what it is with those ever-increasing prices on these new makes and these new models. You got all these cars coming out. Cars are going to be flying soon. Okay, get ready for the Jetsons out here. It's going to be amazing. But now, nowadays, right now, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Now, why go through that? Why show up there? Why even go there? It's stank. It smell like stale donuts and failure. You don't want to go in there. All right. What you want to do is you want to sit in your drawers, sit in your shirt, turn on your TV and just stay at home. And now you can do that with rockauto.com. Save you some time, save you some money. Why spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts at that dealership or at that chain store? No, it's a family-owned business serving those do-it-yourselfers over 20 years. Reliably low prices for every single customer. All the car parts that you could think of, that you could dream of, that you are going to need. Review mirrors, tail lamps, brake parts. They got it all, man. So go to that website. Easy to use website. It is easy, baby. It's like butter. It's easy to use. Go to rockauto.com. See all the parts that are available. And this is what you do. You write in locked on in that how did you hear about us section. Let them know that Matt Peck and Big Dave sent you there because that's what it is. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Sing it with me, y'all. Rock.com. Splash. Bellissimo. I'm All right, sick. Nick Dave. <laughs> well, let's now move on to some uh, more lighthearted and fun talking points <laughs> now that rock auto has cleared the john paxton sludge out of my brain forget about him that's why i'm here <laughs> big dave my friend when i texted you earlier today it said what do you want to talk about you said i want to have a best starting fives in the eastern conference conversation so hey man yes. i'm tossing this to you where do you want to start as far as breaking this down so i was thinking just looking at the Bulls starting five and Everybody, you know, has an opinion as far as where the team will finish as far as the playoffs are concerned. But just looking at the starting five, I wanted to gauge people's opinions. And I'm sure um, all all the people who watch this on YouTube, please put in the comment section. I would love to know your opinions on this. I'll be looking at that. I'll be responding to it. So please put your comments in there. I would love to know your opinion on this Uh, and yours as well, Matt. But I wanted to know the best starting fives in the East. Where would the Bulls stack up? as far as the best starting fives right now on paper, because obviously they haven't played. We haven't seen it yet. So just looking at it on paper, what would the Bulls stack up as far as best starting fives? Now, obviously, 
number one is the Nets. I mean, <laughs> looking at the Nets, I mean, that's what it is. It's a given. It's the, it's the Nets. Number two, I got the Bucks. I got the Bucks mm-hmm. there, defending champ. You know, Giannis and all those huge other athletes that you know can play both sides of the ball are an and they're going to get. <laughs> uh, assuming they're going to get Divincenzo mm-hmm. back and healthy uh, to start yes. the next season, so that's that's a big piece for them to get back. In addition to having Holiday and Middleton, right? Oh, great point, Matt. Great point. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be formidable again. God, this is gonna be so much fun this season. So yeah, they're gonna be very interesting. Now, this is where I think it starts getting serious is is when you start looking at the three four and five and going down the list this is where i mm-hmm. think arguments can start being made because i can look at the first lineup i thought of matt was atlanta i love their starting five wow I okay i love atlanta starting five i really love how their starting five is because they're young <laughs> I should, i'm not uh i was gonna say young and athletic but i don't want to bring you back don't do it so <laughs> But they, they're, they're young, and everybody can kind of play both sides of the ball. I love John Collins. I love the versatility of DeAndre Hunter, uh, Clint Capella. You know, I, I really mm-hmm. enjoy watching their starting five play. Uh, Kevin Bogdanovich, Kevin Herdegbar. If you want to put Bogdanovich in the starting five, too, he can get in there and play that, mm-hmm. too. So they are versatile, and they're interesting in that starting five. And they showed, and that's kind of why they were able to get to the conference finals and actually uh, be formidable <laughs> in their mm-hmm. conference finals. They're, they're a problem, honestly. And the other one I thought of was Miami, the Miami mm-hmm. Heat. Uh, they're starting five. Obviously, you got Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. You're adding Kyle Lowry to it. Uh, Victor Oladipo might be in that starting lineup. Um, where they want to go at power forward, it's up to them because you can either go Marquise Morris. You know what I mean? P.J. Tucker, I don't think will start. But they have – their depth, I, I think, is really interesting because they can do so many things with their starting lineups. But just those four pieces I, I named as far as Lowry, Oladipo, Jimmy and Bam, mm-hmm. vicious. Those are nice. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think there's any other team that you can make an argument for outside of the Chicago Bulls. After that, I, I don't see it. I don't see the argument. Um, I think the Bulls actually. I'll put them at four. Uh, over wow. The heat. Okay. I'll put them over the Heat. Honestly, um, because yeah, I said it. <laughs> I'll, I'll put them over the Heat. Um, I'm looking at Lonzo. I'm looking at, uh, of course, Zach Levine, who I think is going to have a you know monstrous year. Uh, of course, I'm looking at uh, uh, DeMar DeRozan, who I think is going to be awesome for us. But Patrick Williams, Patrick Williams, I don't. I'm like, from what I think and what I expect from Patrick Williams, he is going to make this starting lineup vicious and an issue on both sides of the floor. That's where it's going to become. And then Vooch, dude, argue top three center in the in the East right now. You know what I'm saying? I can argue he could be top two, but I can argue this. But that, for me, is what makes it really official. Because And then you got, you know, they're all NBA guys. You know, you at least have two all NBA guys on your team. Um, you've got two all, well, you got three all-stars on, on your team. Mm-hmm. And the other two guys that I don't mention, I think are fringe all NBA and all-star guys. And the youth of them, that also plays a huge role in this to me. Um, so yeah, I, I would put the Bulls at four uh, ahead of the Heat slightly. Uh, but I'd love to hear I'd love to hear your opinion on it, man. So I, I putting the Bulls at four is bold, mm-hmm. but I I don't think it's outrageous. It's not. We, we we've sat here after all of these moves and looking at this new Bulls roster and said, or, or certainly I have, and I'm pretty sure you have even more rose-colored glasses than me, even when things are 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 fun and and trending positively like this have said mm-hmm. 
the Bulls could be as high as four. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if every box gets checked and things go really, really, really well, maybe they surprise people and grab the three seed. Who knows? But I would say, like, realistically speaking, I think it's possible for them to sneak to four and get home court in the first round, and it's possible for them to be eighth or, dare I say, ninth. There is a lot of variables here because sure. the two teams that that you didn't mention that I think everybody else will say, well, what about them if you're going to throw the Bulls in and you are putting the Bulls ahead of, um, you know, uh, Miami and behind just Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Atlanta, mm-hmm. Boston, and Philly. Those yeah. are the two teams to me that's like, it's so hard to predict a lot of this right now because as it sits today, September 5th, what what is happening with Ben Simmons? <laughs> that's, is, that's is, the there be, is there going to be a star for star swap? Is it going right. to be CJ McCollum and Joel Embiid? Is it going to mm-hmm. be Damon Embiid? What's going on there? Because other than that, what we seem to only know is Simmons is unhappy. They're mm-hmm. going to trade him before this season starts. And then you got Embiid, yes, an MVP candidate. Tobias Harris, you know, you got Seth Curry, not a bad player, but like, what what is that other piece gonna be? Mm-hmm. That's why it's so hard to put Philly anywhere in those top eight right now. Sure. And then with Boston, it's just like okay, yes, we have Tatum and we have uh, Jalen Brown, our our mm-hmm. two core pieces. They they brought you know Marcus Smart back on yet another contract, so mm-hmm. he's sort of like the third piece of their young big three. Mm-hmm. Kemba didn't work out. Hayward didn't work out. You you signed Dennis Schroeder for nothing, but what I mean, what what is the rest? What is yeah. the rest of your plan outside of Tatum, Smart, and Brown? Because mm-hmm. the the fourth piece of that puzzle that the Celtics have been trying to figure out for the last few years as Tatum and Brown are growing and turning into stars, none of none of those fourth option ideas have panned out. Yeah. And they didn't yeah, really do anything all that special this offseason. They didn't they didn't make another new attempt at who is the fourth piece, the fourth big piece to play with those three guys. So if some Bulls fans say, hey, you know what? Our starting five better than Boston. Mm-hmm. I I still think it's hard to make that argument mm-hmm. uh concretely because I mean Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum, man. Yeah, because you've Look, seen it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know he didn't have a great Olympics, and I think maybe he was playing hurt for a bit of it. Mm-hmm. But Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum, and dude, <laughs> when that guy is on his game, I think it is fair to say that he is the most most lethal player and a more lethal player than mm-hmm. anybody the Bulls have. He's that yeah. good. No, no argument for me on that. If if I'm arguing singular players, yeah, Jason right. Tatum is is the one. Like, there's no question for me on that. But I'm talking about the five. Like, when I'm right. looking at their five, and I see that, and I'm like, you got a disgruntled Dennis Schroeder, who I really don't know where he is mentally, yeah. and Marcus Smart, who great player, awesome. You know what I mean? I would love to have him on your team. You know what I mean, like that. But when you're super reliant on Marcus Smart. That doesn't scare me when I go in there and I'm looking at the Chicago Bulls starting five and I'm like, okay, I get to match that up against this team. I'm going to take the Bulls five, man, because mm-hmm. Tatum, Tatum for sure. But then I got Zach Levine, who's like right behind him. And then you got Jalen, 
who's nice, but then I got DeMar right there. Then I got Pat I'm throwing at you. Then I got Vooch I'm throwing at you. <laughs> then I got Lonzo I'm throwing at you. You, you don't have three others better than them, is, is what I'm saying. You're starting five, in my opinion. Uh, because I'm not taking Marcus Smart or their center. I uh, forget his name. I think his last name is Williams. Um, great yeah. shot blocker. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome shot blocker. Uh, he's good, really good at that. But those guys don't make me be like, yeah, I think you're a better starting five because of that reason. No, I don't I don't see that as far as that in Boston. But Tatum, for sh- Tatum, tick a tick Tatum every time. He's a beast. Tick a tick Tatum. <laughs> you're right. I mean, yes. I so with with the way I look at Tatum, similarly to looking at the Bucks and their starting five as sort of like with Giannis, mm-hmm. how how much stock, what percentage of how good is this starting five to you give to just one player, the best player? Mm-hmm. So that's part of the equation. True. But to me, that's kind of where I was leading is even as good as Tatum is when he is at his most elite level that we have seen him play. Mm-hmm. Um does the does the rest of that starting four outclass and out talent the other four pieces around Zach Levine, mm. DeRozan, Lonzo, Pita, Vooch? Mm. I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I think you can make that argument that the Bulls, as a starting five, have more talent on paper than Boston, uh, assuming nothing else crazy happens for their roster before we right. start the season. True. Yeah. The other team here that's interesting, Dave, well, I want to mention okay. this one. Talk to me. The team that did, in fact, steal a four seed that nobody (laughs) thought they would steal last season, finishing seven spots ahead of his old team, Tom, (laughs) D-Rose, and those good old New York Knickerbockers. Yes. I think if anyone tries to make the argument that that Derrick Rose, Tom Thibodeau team has more talent in their starting five on paper than Chicago, I think they're a little... A little confused about that. But the other wrinkle to that, does Kemba Walker move that needle for you at all, Dave? Does That's Kemba a great Walker question. pairing with R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, does that make that argument less insane from Knicks fans to say, hey, our starting five is better than Chicago's starting five? Mm, does it make it less insane? Uh, <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Um yeah, I think I think it does make it less insane because I'm thinking like this, Matt. The one thing I know Thibs does is he makes point guards better. He always makes point guards better. And Kimball Walker is going to be a better point guard because of Tom Thibodeau. Like, that's going to occur. But also what I know about Kimball Walker is Kimball Walker gets hurt. They, they had to ask Kimball Walker about playing in back-to-back games. Would he even do that? Like, that was an actual question. <laughs> Would he actually play in back-to-back games? So those things are going to be interesting, but he'll and and I, and I don't want to dismiss uh, Eric Fournier either because I really do like him too. I like Fournier. Fournier we can plays. we can dismiss Evan Fournier. He's trash, but I like him. I know, I, but I like Fournier. He hits big shots. He does. Fournier hits some big shots. But as far as talent level is concerned, um, and where he's at in his career, it doesn't move the needle enough for me to say that their starting five is better um, than the Chicago Bulls. Uh, because he's been on a decline since he's left. Let's let's be real about that. Like since he's left Charlotte, yeah. he hasn't been that same dude or or even close to that same dude right. that we've seen. Right. So I don't know if a change of scenery is gonna help that. I have a thing about guys going home to play, especially in places like Chicago and New York. Like I have a thing about guys going home to play, and and I never like it because it I never seen it just be perfect. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like it's like it mm-hmm. should be. Even here with Derrick Rose, 
there was a time when people were just straight turned on Derrick Rose. And I and I remember that well, where people just completely right. flipped on him. Um, so uh, it's always something about going and playing for your hometown team, especially in New York with that media market and what that is and how demanding they are, even though they ain't won nothing. Even though they're how demanding they are on those players. And you better do that. You got to be great. So I'm interested to see how that's going to work out. But I don't see how that gives him a boost to bring him back to where he was in Charlotte. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, I, I just don't see that. How does that How does that make your, your knees not be, be hurt as bad? How does it right. make your wrist not feel as good? So he's going to be he's going to be an important piece. He moved for them to be in that argument. And it makes it less insane. But... No, starting five-wise, I am taking the Bulls starting five. If you want to argue it as far as coaching, I feel you, because Tibbs obviously vaulted them uh, to that number four seed. But just looking at it on paper, as far as talent is concerned and stuff like that, I'm taking that Bulls starting five for sure. All right. And the other three teams that finished ahead of the Bulls last season that we have yet to mention, Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington, who finished 10-9-8. I think those teams you can confidently say, yeah. Regardless of, or or not regardless of, but including the offseason moves that they have made. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Wizards, they're pairing Dinwiddie with Beal now. And, I mean, Charlotte, pretty underwhelming offseason, same for the Pacers. Mm-hmm. The starting fives of those three teams are not better than this new Bulls starting five. No. That, to me, are three guaranteed spots where, if you're talking about the strength of your starting five and moving up the standings, those are three teams right there that the Bulls should jump. Absolutely yeah. should jump. To me, that's where you get to the it's not a hundred percent certain that this bull starting five is better than that starting five. Right. When you're in that pool of Boston, New York, Philly, depending what happens with them and Simmons. And I I want to throw Miami into that pool, but I I think you know what? I will throw Miami into that pool. Oh, of of, te- of teams where th- their starting five might be better than the Bulls and the Bulls starting five might be better than theirs. I'm yeah. not sure. That's so, a, that's a real debate to have, seriously. Because if somebody wants to tell me the Heat starting five is better, I can hear that. You know what I mean? Like right. I don't I don't think it's overwhelming. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like oh man, they're clearly better. Like no, I think you can argue that for sure. Because Miami, I mean, they ain't no chumps, bro. <laughs> that's right, Miami, right? But it is interesting. I it, I think we agree here, Dave. It sounds like we agree. The only two teams that we would both say resolutely their starting five is better than our starting five to start this upcoming 21-22 season, and we know it for a fact mm-hmm. right now. Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Yeah. See, yeah. I, and I know I know you threw Atlanta in there at three and pretty firmly at three. I'm like, eh. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I know they made the conference finals, but did yeah. they really? I mean, they did. They, really, <laughs> they did. What do you mean? They did. Maybe, maybe they don't make the conference finals if Ben Simmons isn't afraid to dunk a wide open dunk <laughs> under the basket. I mean, my goodness. Fair enough. Yeah, they made, Fair like, enough. You know, golf clap. Yeah, Atlanta made the conference finals. Fair enough. I, they, they could uh, be a team that, you know, goes down. Because they surprised a lot of people. Because remember, they started out 14 and 20. And all right. they did was basically change the coach. And right. they were like, oh, we can win now. I don't know if they'll catch anybody by surprise like that <laughs> this season. So, yeah, that's a fair argument. You know what I mean? Like that. So that they won't be as good as they were last year. But me personally, I, I think they will be. Because I really do like their starting five. And right. Trey Young is just going to be better. But like He's excellent. It definitely feels a lot better as we are in this part of the year 
where we're a couple weeks out from training camp and we have this kind of conversation and say, we only know for sure that two teams in the East have a more stacked starting five than ours. As opposed to if we were to do this exercise last year, which, you know, I'm pretty sure Jordan and I did. It's like, you could make the argument that 10 or 11 teams have a more talented starting five than the Bulls. And it turns out they did. (laughs) (laughs) And Matt, I'm so glad you say, because that's what I was thinking about when I thought of this question was how cool is it that I can now have this discussion logically Right. And actually not sound like an insane person when I say like, the Bulls have like a top Fred. five. Oh, right. <laughs> ah, he got Pax and Fred in the same show, ladies and gentlemen. This oh, man is a genius. Oh, oh. <laughs> but all, I, I, all of them in one show. I just really like the fact that we can do that now. Like we can sit and have these discussions. And like I said, I really do want to hear from you guys out there listening. So please, on Twitter, uh, send it to our Locked On Bulls. Send it to our YouTube page. I would definitely be looking at it, and I would love to hear what you guys feel the Bulls' starting lineup ranks uh, in the Eastern Conference. Just the starting Absolutely. five, guys. Not the team. The starting five. Just tell me where the starting five ranks. That's what we want to know. Hit us up. 331-979-1369. And you know what I think I'm going to do, Dave? Is I'm going to split that? this up into two different videos for YouTube. So I'm going to put all this together as one podcast in your podcast feeds, but... In case anybody out there has no interest in listening to me yell about John Paxson, I'll set that aside, and then this will be the ranking starting fives in the Eastern Conference video um, so that we can have these two different videos for people who might want different styles of content. So um, if you are listening to this or watching this on YouTube and you just heard Dave reference our our little John Paxson talk and haven't found that video, go find that one Uh, because we had some fun talking about John Paxson's interview. Uh, by we, he means he. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you had fun too. Admit it. I had fun watching you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. And in the meantime, as always, follow us on Twitter. He is Big Dave at Bow, B A W L Sports. Ah. I am Matt at Bulls underscore Peck. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing, all of you out there on YouTube. Until next time, have a wonderful Labor Day. We'll be back in a couple of days with a fresh episode. For Big Dave, I'm Matt. T-Red, be good. Peace out. John.